Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, that managing editor. Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. Get all your wrestling news there. Check it out, my friends. We also have FightfulSelect.com. Here's an update on that content over the last week. Tier 1, I've got some Brock Lesnar UFC 230 news. A story about Crown Jewel Pyro going off on Samoa Joe. Dark match commentary. We take a look at Dean Ambrose's TNA tryout. A, lot of, a match that many people didn't think existed. Myself and Warren Hayes did a WWF Survivor Series 1994 retro review podcast. At the end of this month, you'll be able to see my match ratings on that. I kind of published those as sustained promotion. Uh, this was not a good show, and goddamn Warren for recommending it. We had the Weekender podcast where I talked NWA, Impact, Ring of Honor, Ultima Lucha, Power Struggle, The Injury Report, and Exclusive News. Had the UFC rankings breakdown. Uh, we got uh, Warren Hayes' 205 Live NXT review. This week he's going to do an extra NXT UK review. Lots of neat stuff. Had some Crown Jewel spoilers up there, including the fact that the finals were a, or the winner was a closely guarded secret. We will hear uh, a rant about that momentarily. But uh, lots of neat stuff over there at Fightful Select. That's just tier one. Tier 2, you get early access to a whole bunch of stuff. Check it out. Also, my match ratings for this episode of Raw will be up in the morning. Without further ado, let's welcome in our co-host, Alex Pawlowski. Alex, how you doing? Um, You know, I just watched Raw, so as, well, good, as good as can be expected. Well, I watched Crown Jewel on Friday. This was... This quickly and low-key became one of the busiest weekends of my professional career. I looked at things, and I was like, yeah, Crown Jewel's Friday afternoon. UFC 230 is Saturday, so I knew that was going to be a big night. It's Daniel Cormier. But Sunday looked wide open. And then all of a sudden, the the Jericho Wrestling Cruise show got published. I did a podcast on that. Check it out, guys. Uh, Warren Hayes hit me up and said, hey, let's film two retro reviews this week. So I got in WrestleMania 3. Last week, I got in Valentine's Day Massacre, which is a pretty damn good show, by the way. Uh, underrated show. 
And uh, then I think it was Royal Rumble 88, which also surprising some surprisingly good wrestling on that show. Then I had to get in Power Struggle. Did a recap on that. It was a mess, man. But Crown Jewel happened. And by the time this weekend was over, I'd almost forgotten about it. Yeah. But there were things that you couldn't forget about it. No. Uh, I, I want your thoughts on it, all politics aside, because yeah. if you are a subscriber to FightfulSelect.com, around the beginning of the show, you saw me post that Miz and Ziggler were slated for the finals. And when somebody who I, I very much trust as a source told me that, I said, oh, this is where they're going to find out who who's the leak, right? This is where they're going to find out who feeds me info, right? <laughs> this is where they're trying to figure that stuff out, huh? Miz and Ziggler, eh? You got Rollins and Lashley and Angle and Mysterio and Orton in this tournament, but it's going to be Z- Migler or it's going to be Migler, right? Migler, yeah. And then I said, well, who wins the thing? And the person says, they're not saying anything. I'm like, why is this? Why is this a secret? Why, why is this so closely guarded? And I even put on the Fightful Select post, for whatever reason, <laughs> this is closely guarded. Uh, Alex, we found out why. Shane McMahon is the best in the world. Yeah. Um, there was a guy who used to work for this company who would proclaim himself to be the best in the world. That guy no longer worked for this company. He was not in the tournament either. He was not in the tournament. Uh, although some fans a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown chanted for him as though he were, and Shane said, yeah, he's not in the tournament. And I'm wondering if it was at that moment that Vince decided, I'm going to figure out a way to make uh, McMahon the best wrestler in the world. Now, I can't do it myself. If I were 10 years younger, I would do it, says Vince, probably. But I'll do it. I'll make my son the best in the world. Um, so right there, it's ridiculous. I thought to myself, oh, wow, what a great idea. They're going to have Miz win the tournament to be best in the world, and then he'll never shut up about it. He'll lord it over Daniel Bryan, anyone else he feuds with for the rest of his career. This is a perfect opportunity to give this guy something that he can do. Everyone says, I'm not a great wrestler. How about this? And he brings out the trophy. He carries it with him everywhere. I am the best in the world. That's an inspired bit of stuff you could do with that character. Instead, we have what's probably going to wind up being a three-month thing about Shane O'Mac being the best in the world, and then we'll forget about it. But that's not even the worst thing that happened. Somehow, I, do, I do like that the commentary team was even like, oh, this is horse shit. <laughs> Well, listen, but also commentary. Here's the, here's the deal why that's true. The commentary team is the raw commentary team. And that's we're, we're leading into brand versus brand. So everyone tonight and on Friday was like, this is ridiculous. He can't do this. But tomorrow, let's see what Tom Phillips says about it. Because I'll bet you he thinks it's the greatest thing ever. Okay. Anyway, all that aside, that was only somehow the second worst thing. And guess what the third worst thing is? Hulk Hogan coming out there to <laughs> I am a real American, fight for the rights of every man, except for you, Jamal Khashoggi, but we're not going to get into that. Anyway, somehow they have Brock versus Braun for the opportunity to move on from this whole thing, 
We're going to say Roman is out for however long. We're going to put this title on this up and comer. He's going to, we're going to ride this guy and see where he takes this belt. It was so obvious to everyone. Even earlier in the show, they have a promo for Survivor Series where they say it's red versus blue, raw versus SmackDown, the Monday night monster in, in Braun Strowman versus the Tuesday night tornado in AJ Styles. And I was going to get finally this thing that little like eight-year-old Alex would have wanted. Braun Strowman versus AJ Styles. I was going to get that, but no, because they decided to give, to put the title back on Brock for some reason. And here's the deal. Why I, what I was like, no, here's what they're doing. When I was watching the beginning of this match, I was like, Baron Corbin hits Braun with the title and then Braun kicks out of a bunch of F5s and eventually Braun wins because the WWE thinks that's the way to book a title match. Not just have Brock versus Braun straight up, mano a mano, may the best man win. No, you've got to like stack the odds against the baby face so that when he wins, it seems more, you know, oh, he overcame more. But no, they just they just had Brock squash him. And there was no mention of that. That was like Braun just blames Baron tonight for that. Like there's no mention to Brock or any of that. Like because Brock's next match is the non-title match. Because which in, in a couple of weeks, and then they're saying he might not defend the title until Mania. And that's some things I've been seeing out there today. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That you definitely want to keep your little Twizzler title out of the hands of anybody who's not named Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns for the entirety of its existence. It doesn't make any sense. Wow. Wow. Well, that's Alex's crown jewel review, guys. You all can see my crown jewel review with Trina. Oh, by the way, (laughs) also the youngest guy in the tag team match featuring a bunch of guys who'll be able to get in cheap to the movies in a couple of years. The youngest guy in that match tore the hell out of his pec muscle. As Fightful.com reported exclusively. My God. Um, yeah. So that was, that was, how long was that match? 45 minutes? Like it <laughs> felt like that when I was watching it. You all can see my match ratings at Fightful.com. We do have Raw to talk about, That's believe true. it or not. We do, we do. And this was filmed earlier. As, as <laughs> sorry, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! As it was taking place in Manchester, England, and uh, Baron Corbin comes out to the ring. <laughs> All the superstars are on the ramp, but it's not for you know a major announcement or anything. No, no, no. It's just because. It's because Baron Corbin is power hungry. That's really all it is. Yep. Baron is power hungry. He has security. He brings up Lesnar being champion. The crowd doesn't sound too happy about it. He announces there are several SmackDown versus Raw Survivor Series matches. He also says that SmackDown Live, Shane McMahon stealing the World Cup from the grasp of Ziggler was just, just inconceivable. He named himself the manager of the Raw team and says that he will not be able to compete because of this. Then he names Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre to the team. He also selects Braun Strowman, which, and there, I think there's a real big opportunity missed here. And it makes me wonder if they completely dropped Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman because they did no reaction shots of Ziggler and McIntyre. Yeah. 
And that seems ridiculous. That seems a little weird to me. It's, Even if you've got something else going on, why not keep that fresh in people's minds? I don't know. It seemed it seemed like the plan absolutely going into Crown Jewel. A- after Raw, it seemed like the plan was absolutely to put the title on Braun and have him feud with Drew going into the late fall and in, through the winter. And And tonight, they never interacted. Like, it's just, it doesn't, now it, now it appears like they're doing a Braun is Stone Cold and Baron Corbin is Vince. Like it's a weird uh, – uh, God, they, don't, they really only have three or four ideas, don't they? Well, a theme of this show will be how the chips have fallen because we said it the night that, that Roman made the announcement that he had leukemia. A lot of chips were going to fall. There was going to be a lot of realignment. Anything they had planned before is going to get shifted in some manner, and that, that certainly happened tonight. Uh, Baron Corbin also brings out Alexa Bliss, who is the captain of Raw's team and apparently the general manager of the women's division. Yeah, kind of. Because she just makes an evolution rematch, and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Here's what I think is going to happen in a parallel way over on um, SmackDown. I think that Shane is going to appoint himself general manager of the men on SmackDown, leaving Paige to just handle the women at least for the near future. I feel like because they, they only ever do the same stories on both shows. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's probably what's going to happen if they made Alexa Bliss basically the de facto women's general manager tonight. I mean, that's a fair reflection, I think. Uh, Corbin also said it's worth mentioning that Friday was a lesson in respecting authority for Braun Strowman. So they are, this is firmly established, they are doing Braun Strowman versus the authority of WWE. Yep. Alexa Bliss kept getting interrupted <laughs> the first time by Kurt Angle, who challenges Baron Corbin to a match tonight to determine the captain manager of Team Raw. The, the term was flip-flopped around so much, I don't know which is which and which you can be. I don't know if you can be a captain and wrestle or a manager and wrestle. I don't know. But Baron Corbin seems to indicate that whoever heads up those teams cannot wrestle. Yeah, it seemed like Kurt Angle wanted to be on it and captain it. And if you manage it, you're not on it, but if you captain it, you are. That I mean, leaves me hope that Alexa is the manager, yeah. but that Alicia Fox will be the captain because she yeah. is the captain. She's the captain. That's her whole gimmick is that she is the captain. This is the other deal. I was like, is, there's no reason for Alexa just not to put Mickey and Alicia on it immediately. Yeah. Like, that's they're her friends and she doesn't like anybody else. So, did Was it you that I went through that I, I told about the Matt Riddle thing about the AIW deal with the pirate? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I came to realize something. Yes. His last independent match before signing with WWE, one of them was at Janela's spring break. And who did he lose to? None other than PCO. Wow. Who wore an eye patch for quite a long time. That's true. Then he tells me he lost to Lewis Linden, who apparently isn't necessarily a pirate, but is the captain of the ship. Alicia Fox better watch her ass. He's not taking another pin from a captain, from a pirate, from anybody. Got to watch it. Strowman shows up and, pardon my French, but I don't know what else way to put this. He fucking Sparta kicks a guy. Yeah, no, I'm not sure if it's possible to disintegrate a man's sternum. But if it is possible, Strowman did that to this poor guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A brawl breaks out. My my favorite thing about this was 
if you go back and watch, Titus O'Neil and Bobby Lashley are just up on the ramp pummeling for underhooks. <laughs> just that's it. That's a that's a wrestling drill that you get used to. If you ever see guys look like they're just banging shoulders while they're leaning up against each other, that's what they were yeah. doing. Braun is really over, and he is on the hunt for Corbin. This will be a theme throughout the night. We'll get to it. Yeah. What do you think of the brawl? It's fine. I like how you know, Braun fights his way through it because because they're not all there to like stop Braun from getting back there. I mean, a bunch of them are. They like they don't like their friends with Corbin, I guess, because you know heel face alignments and whatever. But uh, um, but a lot of them are just like pairing off and doing their own thing. Like uh, uh, Bo uh, uh, Bo Dallas was like beat, like just paired off and just throwing throwing jabs with uh, I think it was Victor, and it was just like just random, like hey, you're a bad guy, I'm a good guy, let's fight, and it had nothing to do with anything else. I don't understand why that was happening. Like either you're trying to help Ron get to Corbin, or you're trying to stop him from getting to Corbin. Why are you fighting each other? What beef do you have? No way, Jose and Kurt Hawkins. Oh, yeah, you probably wrestled earlier tonight on main event. No way, Jose wanted on that toy podcast. <laughs> He's like, you're taking away my opportunities here. So let's talk about this. Oh man. So there's so much good and bad on this show. There's such such a wonderful mix of it on this program. Yep. Backstage. <laughs> Charlie Caruso is, I think it's Charlie Caruso, is forced to ask like the most awkward question yeah. to this team of Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Natalia. Do you think the result will be different tonight after you all won a devolution? They had to be like, no, it's not going to be different. We're going to win. And, and Sasha goes, no, it's not going to be different because Natalia's got something. Mm-hmm. Right, Natalia? Yeah. And Natalia's like, Tonight, I'm going to wear my dad's sunglasses to the ring. And she puts them on and, oh, God. Live or Leave is the best Twitter account on Twitter, period. She is the best Twitter. She posted this picture of, I think, Dr. Robotnik with his sunglasses on. And they were the same, man. They were the same. And I saw this and I was like, oh, boy, because I knew it was going to happen. I had heard the spoilers, did a video on it. But I was like, man, WDB just can't <laughs> – they can't pay anything off. It's got to be a one-night payoff. Yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah. well, well let, let's get to it. Hold on. It's just such a weird setup for it. <laughs> I'm glad that they did it because it set up what happened at the end of the match. But Natalia immediately locks right in a sharpshooter in the middle of the ring. A distraction allows Logan to break it up. In storyline, I have to ask you right now, Alex – why would all these women band together? What do they have to fight for as a unit? You mean Natalia, Bailey, and Sasha? All of them. Any of them. What are they doing together? Well, I mean, obviously, WWE has a lot of creative plans for the women's division beyond evolution, which is why they um, gave these women another match against each other. With with the added wrinkle of some some fake sunglasses being squashed, I mean we'll get to that. Uh, spoiler alert! But you know, like it it just I, as soon as I heard they were doing this thing again, I was like, oh my god, they're doing this again. And had it not been for the fact that you know there were spoilers av- readily available that I had read, if 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 it had been a live episode of Raw, and Natalia says, 
I've got these sunglasses. They're my dad's. And they mean a lot to me. I was like, those, something is terrible is happening to those oh, sunglasses. Yeah. Those sunglasses are dead by the end of this match. And that's the, that's the thing is that they just don't know how to do anything long-term or pay anything off, or slow burn anything. You, you knew immediately those sunglasses were, were being shot or, or dropped off a cliff. Something terrible was happening. Tied to the railroad tracks, anything. We have a lot of people that say ever since the farting gimmick, it was downhill and the cat gimmick is stupid. She doesn't have a cat gimmick. She wears cat influence gear. The fart gimmick. No, she, she has had a wonderful career since then. She is, she's a multiple time champion since then has had some good work since then uh, helped really establish the women's division with Charlotte in some of those matches that they had in NXT. So, so no, but I, I liked the idea of this. This was a good heat getter. Let's talk about the match. Sasha and Bank, uh, Sasha Bailey, or man, oh, I am flipping the names around tonight. Sasha Banks and Bailey work great together. Uh, Bailey has some nice stiff strikes, gets a big suicide die, but Riot STOs are on the floor. Not a lot of heat considering where the match took place. Two commercial breaks. Don't know if we needed that. Bailey gets the hot tag to Natalia, who gets a nice German release suplex and an inverted powerbomb. But while she's got the sharpshooter on Logan in the ring, Ruby breaks Neidhart's glasses. And the match ends. Mm-hmm. Just that's it. It's yeah. over. No bell. No finish. Do we have a new way for chicken shit heels to get out of title defenses? <laughs> Only if the baby faces are stupid enough to bring priceless family heirlooms with them to the ring that are easily breakable. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, let's say the Miz is having a feud with some baby face and baby says is like for this match because because I was so close to my grandma and 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 she died a few months ago. I'm gonna bring this priceless bone china that that she had, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this lovingly by the ring. And obviously, nothing's gonna happen to it. The Miz could just walk over, pick it up, and smash it on the ground, and then the match would be over. I, I think I think that you do this. He'll do know. it. Do you remember when he broke that grandfather clock Maurice bought for him? <laughs> yes. One of the greatest all-time moments in Raw history. Well, you know, he thought he, he thought Dean Ambrose was in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he elbow drops it, and she goes, damn! <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, so this this was good heat. I love the heat. I don't like there not being a finish. Yeah. She should have immediately got rolled up and pinned and then just not given a shit about it. Right. Yeah. That, Yes. Like as soon as she gets pinned, her attention goes right back to the sunglasses. It's good heat. I agree to a point. (laughs) But when when the camera lingers on an extreme close-up of of Natty just going... It's not bubbles, Alex. (laughs) Alex, her father died months ago, you inconsiderate prick. Right. Months ago, her father died, but the, the sunglasses did not contain his soul, as far as I know. Like, if they did, that's a totally awesome storyline. Less she, than like, 90 somehow... days ago, the man passed away. And had she, had Ruby Riot killed her father, I absolutely believe that moment. But Alex, I don't, I don't geez. think... Yeah, 
don't don't bring any priceless family heirlooms that may or may not contain the soul of your dead loved one. Sure, I mean, the ring. do you not have anything that has sentimental value? Sure, but I probably wouldn't bring it to the ring. I, I know, but it doesn't matter where it is when it gets broken. If, if something right. that, if, that if, matters if, to if, you gets if, broken. Right, right. And yes, that would be terrible. And I... I, I can't believe for, they didn't put me- mustard and ketchup on it. Yes, time. That, that's true. Um, I, 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 I think that she should have been really upset, but it did, it did the storyline and her performance no favors to like linger on the closest possible close up um, for for a very long, uncomfortable time. Man, <laughs> I think it really established some stuff. I like it. Ruby Riot is a shit heel. There we go. Apollo Cruz. There's an. Man, this is like promoception here. So, <laughs> in it's an inset promo, but it's a selfie inset promo. Mm-hmm. Man, he says that he's going to start stacking up victories. Then he gets kind of love that, uh, like almost as soon as this is stopped, he caughts this catches this beautiful flying knee from Jinder Mahal. It was almost poetic. Alicia Fox not at ringside tonight, but she has still been on the house show loop teaming with the riot squad only one sing with gender tonight can you think of a more heatless match than this alex no uh i can't um it's one of those things like apollo cruz like i mean i've been up uh, piling up moral victories i'm gonna get real victories and this one's gonna mean a lot because you know it comes against gender mahal who was the champion for six months but it doesn't because he shouldn't have been and it's a weird it's a weird deal because like nobody seems to be Taking Apollo Crews seriously, I mean, I, st- I go back to it, man. He came up way too early. There's so many th- more things they could have done to establish him uh, in NXT before he got brought up, and he's never recovered. And 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 getting wins, impressive though they might be, against Jinder Mahal, ain't going to be the way to get this guy over. Yeah, he gets a press slam and a standing moonsault. Does he get any type of sustained push out of this? I mean, again, this is the thing. Remember Mojo Raleigh's push, where he was like just like beating up guys in hot dog costumes who were coming Connor. to the ring with with uh, with No Way Jose Connor has been like who was but but the the you know <laughs> glorious and victorious can't get on TV although they have an awesome online only little uh, promo where uh, it was great. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we should because it was fun. Well, you know what. If people aren't taking you seriously and you want that sustained push, yeah, you should check out our buddies at bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue, my friends. If maybe you've been on a losing streak, maybe your performance hasn't been up to par. Maybe you're trying to rack up some wins, if you know what I'm saying. Blue Chew can get it done. Increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visits. No waiting at the pharmacy. No more awkwardness. 
You don't have to sit around and catering and wait for somebody to put your destiny in their hands. You take it into your own hands or maybe you put it in somebody else's hands. I don't know what you're doing with it. But BlueChew.com can help get you there. Right now, we have a special deal. Use the code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. They are made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Hit them up at Get Blue Chew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. Let them know. You know what? You might have the Singh brothers there cheering you along. Look at what it did for gender. And Blue Chew, it'll, it'll get you a fan club. You damn well better believe it. BlueChew.com code Fightful. WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. Seth Rollins comes out. You know what I like, Alex? The fact that Seth Rollins comes out and still gives a shit about that World Cup trophy. Even though it doesn't really mean anything, it means something to him. And that means something to me, that it means something to him. Because that means that he cares about continuity. But he is not happy about Baron Corbin helping out Brock Lesnar. He opens up about Dean Ambrose stabbing him in the back. Says it was disrespectful to Roman. Rollins seems like he's about to vacate the titles. But before we get to that, Rollins cuts promos that are very obviously fed lines. But the way he does it, man, he's so endearing. And he's so beloved by the crowd that it makes it a lot more digestible in my estimation. What do you you think of his promo, Alex? I mean, you're right. I mean, all his stuff is very clearly scripted, but the way he delivers it uh, makes it palatable. Um, uh, I, 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 I like him a lot. Um, he, I mean, to me, it's one thing is if if you're actually measuring the best in the world, uh, Rollins has got to be in your top five, and he'd, he'd be right up there with me. If I'm gonna say, who's the guy I'm gonna book to win a tournament? that says he's the best in the world. I'm probably booking Sprawlins to win it right now. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I look at him and I go, this guy can do anything. And again, it's one of those deals where, where if when Roman Reigns says, I've got leukemia, I'm vacating the title, I'm going away. If they found a way to, to work around all the stuff they were doing and say, we're going to put this thing on Seth Rollins and give him a title run as a baby face, um, I would have been like, great, do that because this guy absolutely deserves it. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it that's not, you know, give the belt back to Brock and let him keep it in Saskatchewan or wherever he is off hunting moose um, for the next six months. Like he's Seth Rollins is fantastic, and and I want to see him uh, do a lot of great things over the next few months because as we see with Roman, as we saw with Seth when he got injured. Who knows when a guy goes away for a really long time? You've got to capitalize on what you have with a guy when you have it. Yeah, and we're starting to see more of that. Corbin says that Rollins has to defend his title tonight, his titles tonight, and it really did seem like Rollins was teasing that he was going to vacate the titles. Outcome AOP with Drake Maverick, they're getting their title shot. Uh, this match is AOP working Rollins over with their double-team offense, including some big, nasty clotheslines. Rollins come back with a suicide dive, but a distraction gets AOP back in it. There's this terrible-looking super kick spot that Rollins misses by a mile when one of them jumped off the second rope, but he got his frog splash, and the suplex powerbomb wins the Raw tag titles. 
I think it's good to have Rollins look strong, but I don't think he needed to look strong against these two, Alex. Yeah. That being said, AOP is tag champions. I am 100% behind. They are the team that needs to be chased. They do not need to be the team that chases. I like them as tag champions. The match uh, could have been a lot better. Yes, uh, could have been, uh, should have been. I feel like you could do this thing where here, here's what they could have done. And it might have been interesting to do it this way, is to say, um, all right, Sean, uh, Seth, you're going to defend your title, intercontinental title. And they bring out some guy who pushes uh, Seth to his limit after you know he, he wrestled two matches on Friday or whatever, uh, and Seth just barely wins. And then Baron comes back on the thing again. All right, good job, Seth. Now you got to defend the, the tag titles by yourself against these guys. And out come AOP, and they beat him in 30 seconds. Like go that's all their spots. Dominate. Through, dominate him because he just got finished beating, like barely defending his other title, which is good. Keep that on him. Defeat with Dean, Dean Ambrose, but it allows him to have been beaten, smashed by AOP. They look great in doing that, but he has an excuse for it, and we and we allow that to happen. But instead of doing that, they they have the six woman tag match go for like 30 minutes. Like there's other things that you can do. To, to, to utilize, to better utilize your three hours. And they decided not to do that. Yeah. AOP new tag champions. They they need some real, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this division. No right. Rollins and Ambrose. Ziggler and McIntyre look like they're going to be doing other things. Other things. Rudin Gable. We'll talk about that momentarily, but. Dean Ambrose comes out to great you sold out chance. The crowd is there on the ride for this heel turn. And I love it. Love it. He teases explaining why he turned on Rollins, but hits dirty deeds instead. This is all, I think this is the new wave of the heel in pro wrestling. The Tommaso Ciampas and the Dean Ambroses of the world, who the crowd really, really, really like and respect, but they're there for the ride of the heel turn. Mm-hmm. And they react accordingly. You're not getting a lot. Who did Ambrose sell out to? Yeah. Nobody, but it's yeah. the reaction that a top heel should get. Yeah, I, I am I am bothered uh, by the semantics of you sold out. I think it's because that it was chanted to Seth Rollins when he turned on the shield. So I guess that's just what you chant at, at a shield member when they turn on the shield. Yeah. Uh, but Dean didn't sell it to anybody. Dean, like, that'd be great if they figured out who he sold out to, but... I got this great new sponsorship deal with Puma. Like, I don't know who you sold out to, Dean, but you sold out. Um, I mean, you can I, – I don't know who else you chant to him otherwise. But I, I don't know. those commercials? That's true. Uh, Mojo. Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah. That's – oh, poor Mojo. He got, he got, that, he got that money, but then nope. Um, I love the Dean Ambrose look. That jacket and, yeah. and the hair. He's just – he, he, I keep calling him dishonorably discharged Dean. Like that's that's what he looks like. Like this guy who saw some saw some shit in the Middle East, and and like it it took him to a dark place, and he attacked his his CEO and like just punched him right in the mouth for for not just yeah. one, and he got kicked and he shipped back to the states, and he just got off the boat, and Seth and Roman went and picked him up, and this is that guy like milling about, like you don't know what's going through his head, like there's a there's a really cool archetype that he is playing and I'm into it. 
Guys, if you guys, if you all missed it on Halloween, the new spooky edition of Making a Finisher covered Gangrel's Impaler DDT. I was able to talk to Gangrel mere hours after the New Day impersonation. Head over to Fightful Online on Twitter or my Twitter, if you don't mind, retweet the pinned tweets for that. Uh, I also talked to Chris Van Vliet, who took that move earlier this year in a video he did with Gangrel. This is a good conversation. You may remember earlier this year, I had a full interview with Gangrel. He was also the first guest on a pilot series I did called Enhancement Stories, where he talked about his experiences as an enhancement worker. Very cool as well. We're always trying to bring you new content, making a finisher, enhancement stories, uh, Wikipedia fact check, lots of lots of cool stuff that we have going on at Fightful.com at any given time. So if you don't mind, click the little RT button. Also, programming note, uh, due to some travel arrangements and some co- scheduling conflicts, Listen, your boy will be 97 this week, will be a best of show. It will premiere live Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. I'll be there in the chat. Come hang out with me, talk, and enjoy some of our finest moments as we get closer to, to uh, Listen, your boy 100. Let's talk about this tag division, Alex. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable had a segment that was a digital exclusive that you brought up where <laughs> Gable revealed that he went to Roode's tailor and had his own robe made. But for now, he had a template made up, which was done with marker, some jewels that he bought at Walmart, and a bathrobe from the hotel. This was entertaining stuff. I I think tag teams, so many of them, you have to have an element of comedy because you're playing off of one another. Yeah. Bouncing stuff off one another, and that's the easy way to be entertaining. And just because you're funny doesn't mean you can't be a world-class athlete. We've seen it time and time again. Yeah, the, yeah, the New Day, it comes to mind in that, in that, that case. That entertaining and funny get over. Yeah. I like this. This is the first thing about these two that made me interested in them. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I'm a sucker for a bedazzled bathrobe. So, yeah, go ahead. Let's do this. Um, it still makes me uneasy because I just – I, I, I can I can smell that heel turn of Bobby Roode coming from a mile away. Yeah, but and we said that months ago. I know. That's the thing is that I'm I guess I'm happy that they're slow burning it because that to me that's the only possible ending to this. Um, mainly because I'm just waiting for a heel Bobby Roode because this guy's not really, really not easy to root for. Um, He's not easy to watch as a heel though either. Man, no, he is boring as a heel. That's true. And it's just, man, it's so brutal to watch him as a heel with the yeah. slow down, cut off, holding an arm bar forever type of deal. If he's in a tag team, however, yeah, has been now for over two months with Chad Gabe. Yeah, I know. If it's just, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the rest. Best. I mean, if you can't get James Storm, and really, to be honest with you, I think that Chad Gable is way better than James Storm. Sure. I would I would just go this way. I, I this this team to me seems like the only possible contenders to the to AOP right now. If you're going to talk about heel and face alignments, you know, like I mean, unless they're unless they're actually letting the these you know Lucha House Party actually kick it on Raw for a while, but they say, appear to be you know mired in uh, a feud with uh, Gatekeepers, the Revival. Uh, who should honestly be involved in this tag title picture, but aren't because... Well, that, that we did see a revival promo where they... Yeah. 
they want to battle these guys because they do flips. And I mean, okay, cool. They're no right. fist. Exactly. They're they're natural enemies, and I I respect that. Um, but it it is it is it is going to result in a lot of uh, the revival losing to two hundred five live guys, which I'm fine with. But I know in Vince's mind proves that they don't belong because they're losing to little little guys, and that's that's a problem that I have. Although I'm mean, like literally just release the revival, let them go to New Japan and and battle the Young Bucks. Uh, and 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 I'll I'll you know, re-up my subscription to NGPW World. Well, we have a lot to get through still because we are way into the show. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler has a conspiracy theory that makes a lot of sense. To be honest with you, a SmackDown ref ejects Drew McIntyre. Shane McMahon puts himself into the match, and all of a sudden he wins. It makes a lot of sense to me, but. Elias interrupts, and I love that Elias is the guy who interrupts now because he dealt with it for so long. My God, he read a room really well. A walk with Elias chant to the tune of One One Nation Army, so he plays One Nation Army. Mm-hmm. He is a special kind of over. He says that Liam and Noel Gallagher told him that if he played a song, Oasis would get back together. Crowd goes nuts. Yep. Babyface Elias, man, I was saying it for months. It's the right move. It's the right thing to do. All he has to do is go from insulting the crowd to insulting his opponent. Yeah. Um, Works. Yeah. I think it's the right time to do it. I don't, I don't think if you had debuted him as a baby face, it would have worked. I think he had to, he had to get, you know, natural heat the way that he did. And then the crowd began to love it. And so, and, and now it's perfect. It's perfectly timed. I, as you said, the interruption is great because that one chord that starts off all of his little, little interludes the little bling, it's a perfect interrupting sound. Yeah. You know, it's so good to, to interrupt the uh, the heel. And and listen, I mean, if we go by this tournament, Elias just beat the second best in the world. Like, so I'm I'm all about Elias like getting getting a major push here and and getting involved in you know be, being on the Survivor Series team or somewhere close to it. He's a he's a really special guy. This leads to a match, and I got to say, quite honestly, this was sloppy. It was messy. I didn't like it. It was not good. You had uh, Ziggler's dropkick looked good. Elias missed a big flying elbow. But man, there were a lot of. It seemed like they had to resort to basically shoot pins at times. They would get off the same page. They were just at no point really on the same page for any extended length of time. Uh, there was a sit down power bomb that looked good. Even even the zigzag looked bad. Elias gets his foot on the ropes and wins with Drift Away. This honestly was probably the worst match I've seen from either one of them on TV this year. But the thing is, they're trying to get Elias over, and they didn't have to try too hard because he is over. Yeah. And now, a couple years ago, you had it was really hard to get a baby face over. Everybody wanted to like the cool heel. Mm-hmm. Braun, Rollins, Elias right now, all getting insane reactions. That is promising for WWE if they don't sacrifice everybody for one person like they had been for the last few years for one guy. Right. Well, I mean, they and again, it's it's. I mean, in the absence of Roman, they're sacrificing everybody for Brock, and it, it's a weird it's a weird deal that like you you, you say that he's the most important guy in the, in the whole show in the whole company. Uh, and we're going to make sure everyone is subserving it to that storyline. But um, I agree with you. The match was sloppy. However, 
that drift away at the end, that, that the finisher, like it looks so snappy when he does it on somebody Ziggler's size or smaller. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm a very big fan of the way he hits that move and I'm a big fan of the way Ziggler took it. Um, it appears to me that, that, that they're moving toward Elias being on that Survivor Series team, and I'm all about it. Ronda Rousey out to a great ovation. There, There's good and bad to this promo, too. If Rousey's whole deal is going to be like, well, you were fucking around, I was doing real shit, then they need to reevaluate that because yep. that's not going to play well with Becky. No. And that's what they did. They're like, if you're going to, while you were going to clown college, I was winning Olympics. And I'm like, okay, cool. So Becky needs to say, well, while you were pouting about losing twice in a row, I was wrestling here and winning championships here because that happened. And that's the type of thing Becky would say. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Ronda Rousey coming out saying, I'm the baddest bitch in the world. Cool. I believe it. But what I don't believe is, Hey, you know, I know that you're part of the reason why I have a landscape where I can excel here in WWE. You didn't do shit. Like, it, it doesn't play well. The, it didn't play well with the Bellas. Nope. Much less with, with Becky Lynch, but the other stuff in the promo, I liked. Uh, man, that line. I don't know if you want to get Ronda Rousey a babyface reaction that attacking Becky Lynch's credibility is the way to go. No, a lot because I mean, like that's the real story. I mean, like you, we've talked about it before. There was that, like, thing that she was like in Japan, and she was she was trying like doing everything on the Indies. And then she just said, "I'm out, quit for five years." She quit for five years, and that's the time period that Ronda Rousey is talking about—a story that has never really been told. Right, like, exactly. So, so, so if Becky comes back and says. Hey, that was fun that you mentioned those things I was doing for those five years while you happened to be doing that other stuff in that other sport. But before then, before you won all your judo championships, I was going all over the world doing this. This is what I do. Yeah. And and what I do is also take your arm at Survivor Series. Like there's also cool things you can do. I, I'm interested to see what Becky's response to this is. Um, because I feel like, I mean, I'm hoping that the people on SmackDown or the people on Raw, if they're not the same people, but they're at least talking to each other and figuring out how they're going to answer this. Uh, because I don't, I, it did feel off when she was like going to clown college. I Come on. This is Becky Lynch we're talking about here. You could do a lot worse than have two super over women wrestling at Survivor Series, though. True, true. I'm very excited for that. Nia Jack shows up super smiley, says she'll be waiting for Ronda. Then she beats Ember Moon. Ember bumps crazy off a headbutt, gets thrown around uh, by Nia. No reaction to this match. Nia was really slow going through spots, gets snake eyes, runs over Ember. And Ember crossbody gets a two count. Has an awesome discus forearm, but Nia powers out. That was a really good kick out. Nia wins with the Samoa drop. She really sold that forearm. Like mm-hmm. after the match, even. I love that. Tamina hits the ring. Nobody knows her damn music. Hits Ember with the Samoan drop. Now, full disclosure, my direct TV went out at this moment, right after the Samoan drop. So, Alex, what exactly happened after that? Um, Naya was like, hey, what are you doing? That's my friend kind of thing. Like, it was a weird thing. Like, no, you just beat her up too. I don't understand why. Okay. It's like, all right, you're right. And she's like, pick her up and do the, she got her in a Boston crab 
and then Nia hit a bunch of elbow drops to the back of to the yeah. back of the neck. Now, oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, so that's cool. Boston Crab. I got to be honest. I criticize Mina's work with regularity. That's a hell of a Boston Crab she has applied. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm I'm cool. Hey, look at that. You got these two women who are cousins, both big. Um, they're dressing alike. Uh, it's almost as though if you had a tag division, they'd be a good tag team. What did I say last week, Alex? Yeah. What did I say last week? You think the glamour girls are going to come out and smack these girls around and say, I'm the real champion? Uh, I, I do want to say that there's a there's a gif floating around the old interwebs of a moment in this match where Ember sells a headbutt like she's been shot at the at the canvas by yeah. out of a cannon. It's great. It's super good. Ember is way talented, and she's she's going to have a hell of a career in this business if she doesn't kill herself by selling. That's right. Braun hunts for Baron Corbin backstage. He found Ryan Ward taking a dump. <laughs> Ryan Ward is a WWE writer. Charlie Caruso asks Corbin why he set up a makeshift studio in the storage room, and Corbin goes. You just told everybody where I am. Braun busts through the door. If Braun could find out that quick, yeah, he didn't hide that well. There's yeah. a hilarious spot where a security guard grabs on Braun's ankle and Braun just drags him like a dad does his kid. Yep. Corbin leaves the venue, says Angle will face Drew instead. Braun chases his car away. Any way that we can work in Braun sprinting, I'm, I'm cool. Because yeah. it's hilarious. It is. He has such short strides. It's like, yeah, I know. For a big dude, he's... Yep, it's good. It's funny. Let's talk about the highlight of this show. Leo Rush comes out, and he says, Lashley, Lashley, hit him, hit him with your favorite pose. Show him your favorite pose. <laughs> and Lashley just bends over, doesn't pull his pants down, but I thought he was going to... Lean over and then pop up, do his no. signature. You know the silhouette. Right, that looks way better than the Roman silhouette ever did. Mm-hmm. Now he just bends over and shows the city of Manchester his ass. Not only that, he makes sure everyone gets an angle. Yeah, Leo Rush was hilarious. Check out those hamstrings. This isn't what it seems. <laughs> it's not what you think it is. If you're offended, too bad. <laughs> This was perfect. And as Kyler James tweeted from the Raw account, this is such a Vince McMahon thing. Go out there and show them your glutes. Your ass is ripped to shreds. This was my favorite thing about WWE Raw tonight. (laughs) I mean, it's it's better than some of the other things we've talked about. I'll say that. Um, Just just give me me a Finn Balor versus Leo Rush match. Just... Just do it. Give do me it. more poses. That's what I want. I don't know why we needed to see Lashley and Balor again. Balor gets tripped by Leo after getting the advantage. Comes back with a nice forearm. Lashley can't hit a power slam or a suplex. So Rush distracts Balor instead. Doesn't do much because Balor kicks him in the face. But Lashley capitalizes on the distraction and wins with the deposit. Whatever. You've heard us review this match before. So yep. we really need to go in depth. But Drew McIntyre comes out afterwards. And Drew's push is going to be a big topic of discussion over the next 10 minutes. He comes out and dares Lashley to make a move. 
And Leo talks him down. Leo, a good manager, says, you just wrestled. Let's get out of here. So McIntyre helps Balor up. A fairly beloved babyface, especially where they are. Right. Hits a Claymore on him. Good heel shit, man. Yeah. Good shit, pal, right here. I thought that was a good way to establish after the questions. I mean, we've had these question marks since Roman made the announcement. What is Drew McIntyre? Why would they keep him in a program with Braun Strowman, considering it's hard for anybody to be an underdog babyface against it's it's hard for anybody or anybody to be an overwhelming heel against Braun Strowman. Well, now they've moved Drew away from the Braun thing, including not having his reaction on the ramp earlier, and established him as a heel against Balor, and then what we saw next. How did you like this setting up the stage, Alex? Well, I mean, especially we'll, we'll talk about the match. After, I mean, he, he's excellent heel work by, by Drew. I still feel like there's room for a Drew versus Braun thing uh, after Survivor Series. But as we all know, right now, the most important thing is brand supremacy. Well, and, and I thought the be- the most important thing was establishing babyface heel and in the aftermath of the Roman Reigns announcement. Yes. I had to because there were so many question marks about it with Braun and with Drew McIntyre and how all that unfolded. Yeah. There are no question marks now. Braun's a babyface, Drew's a heel. Yes. No, and that's 100% that's true. I also like that uh, they're imposing a bit of a pecking order. Like, Drew is like, I'm I'm top dog here. Bobby, you about to me. And Bobby's like, man, I beat you a bunch of times at TNA. So, like, I, I think that's, that's a really – because the whole thing is if you're a hardcore fan, you know that. And they, they wink at it by saying, these two have quite a history. And like, okay, yes, that's true. Um, and, and, and it does come into play. Um, I, I like that, that Drew doesn't back down to anybody. I like that Drew, his only allegiance is to, is to Dolph Ziggler. And it appears as though if Dolph runs his mouth at the wrong time, that could be over. So I like that about Drew. Uh, he's ruthless as we will see in this next match. Um, he's great. I mean, again, fingers crossed, this guy stays healthy and for over the next Three years, I mean, I'd say he could be at the absolute top of whatever show he is on. He's he's so good. Drew is so much more prepared now than he was when he was the chosen one. The look yes. is there. He's more developed physically. He's yes. smarter as a wrestler. He's smarter as a personality. Winner is at Raw Survivor Series team captain. Drew McIntyre defeated Kurt Angle. Angle jumps Drew right out of the gate, but gets headbutted in the face, and this was nasty. Yeah. Great. Whenever Angle sells, I wonder if he's really hurt. That's how good he sells these days. And in his own unique, like, I might die in a minute way. Yeah. McIntyre kicks out of an Olympic slam, is able to get a deadlift German soup or deadlift suplex. During a commercial, Angle is sent through the stairs, comes back, gets three German suplexes, but runs into the Claymore kick. And this is where the heel work really took off for Drew. He didn't pin. He just stared Angle down. Just really stared at him diminished him, made him look terrible and hopeless and old. The crowd chants for Angle. He shoots his high single leg. But the commentary really seemed like it, it made it seem like Drew was putting Angle down. Like he was old yellering Kurt Angle. Drew even offers up his leg, stuffs a take down. He calls Angle an embarrassment, but Angle 
snags a leg and applies an ankle lock, briefly threatened. So angle doesn't look like a total joke here. But Drew gets out, Olympic slam, ankle lock, submission for the win. Supreme heel work here. Yeah. If, if there was any question, even after the, the Finn Balor thing, because maybe you could say, oh, but he got in Lashley's face too. Oh, no, there is no doubt. On a weekly basis, you have several real good characters that are over as baby faces and heels now. And it all came together. It all came together with good scripting, good writing, good creative in two weeks, Alex. Mm-hmm. That shows you when, when a creative team cares about what they're doing and is forced into something like this and has to get creative, it works. Because Dean Ambrose was a babyface three and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Drew McIntyre was on the verge of being a babyface three and a half weeks ago. Braun Strowman, they were trying to force as a heel three and a half weeks ago. Elias was a heel three and a half weeks ago. Not only was he a heel, he was getting some of the, the most insane heel reactions of all time. Now you've got Elias getting amazing reactions. You've got Seth Rollins fired up as a singles baby face. You've got Dean Ambrose as a mega heel. You've got Drew McIntyre established. you got Braun, not where he once was, but maybe possibly getting there. I think the top of this card is in damn good shape. It's just a shame that the prize for the top of that card is not being contended among those. I want to know what you thought about Drew's work at the end of tonight. Um, I mean, it was it was brutal. Like you said, old yellow ring, and it, and it did feel like that. And especially with the way the commentary kept saying, did he just end Kurt Angle's career? <laughs> um, like they kept doing it over and over again. Um, so obviously Vince wants that talking point out there. Um, yeah, it felt it felt hard to watch. Like watching a guy who was famous for those moves, like be forced to tap out to his own submission against a guy who's not a submission wrestler. Yeah, like it 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 just it just it showed that like Drew can beat anybody. He can beat anybody anytime he wants, and like that's the, that's the idea. That at least that's the way he's presenting himself. And then I think to myself, God, wouldn't it be great to have a guy like that who's afraid of nobody, not even giant monsters, and can be- really believes he can beat anybody on any night, and that he is the best out there? Wouldn't it be great if there was a babyface monster champ that that heel could heal against, and that baby that babyface monster actually had something to be afraid of because this guy's almost as big as he is? And shoots himself like a missile at a guy's face, which is the perfect finisher to take down a monster of that size. Wouldn't it be great if there was a lengthy feud between that babyface monster and this ruthless psycho Scottish killer? Wouldn't it be great if you built your entire business around that feud up until Mania? But no, they decided to not do that and to have uh, the, the babyface monster chase the authority figure around and beat up security guards because they wanted that instead. That was WWE Raw. My match ratings will be up tomorrow morning. I had several reviews up this weekend, including Chris Jericho's Rock and Rager at Sea streaming for Vengeance Show. We gave away a code for a free free viewing of that, by the way. Follow uh, Fight TV on Twitter. Follow Fightful Online. We're going to be doing those here and there. I have a New Japan Power Struggle review. 
Uh, you could take in both of those in about 35, 40 minutes. All the time I'm posting news updates. We had the UFC 230 post-show podcast. Daniel Cormier getting it done. That's a name you're going to know in WWE next year, I, I would estimate. Have that Britt Baker shoot interview up. Stories will be up on that. We have lots of news posts. Uh, follow or subscribe to the new MMA and Boxing YouTube channel, guys. Just search Fightful MMA and Boxing. Subscribe and you will be registered to win a signed Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell signed photograph ahead of Chuck Liddell's MMA return. We have the MMA podcast tomorrow. Floyd Mayweather signing with an MMA company. I don't know what the hell's going on, but Showdown Joe does color commentary for that show, uh, play-by-play commentary rather. So he'll give us a little bit of insight as well. I'm always doing news updates on this channel and the MMA and boxing channel now, guys. Uh, my my great news team of David Tease, Carlos Toro, Andrew Thompson, and uh, Jeremy Lambert are making that a possibility. Also, I want to uh, push that Q&A podcast that we did last weekend or last Friday. It's a free preview of the Fightful Select service. I do those every two weeks at FightfulSelect.com. For subscribers, I answer all their questions, every single one. I don't limit it to three or four per subscriber. Any and all, however long it takes, I'm answering them every other week on FightfulSelect.com. Also, want to wish John Baez a happy birthday. He is an incredible uh, presence for Fightful. He's a mod in our live chat. He is a Fightful Select subscriber. Good friend of mine. Wanted to wish him a happy birthday because he does so much for Fightful. Alex, what do you got going on this week? Well, uh, tomorrow is the uh, Tuesday counterpart to this. We'll get to figure out how we're going to do Brand supremacy, reigning supreme supremacy uh, for the next couple of weeks until uh, Survivor Series. And depending on if I can find the time, it might be a return of the off track with a train segment. I, I try. I pitched it. Also, I gave you Christmas off, Alex. I know that's that's going to be great because I'm going to be uh, in Oregon for the first time in five years since my brother's wedding. It'll be a. I'll when, I that, I was like, when you said that, I was like, shit, maybe I shouldn't have given him New Year's Eve off because you'll be three hours behind. Yeah, what true. I think I'm going to do, and this is just me spitballing, guys. I'm considering instead of doing live post-show podcasts on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, I might do a live watch-along for three hours. So it'll be a little bit different. It will not be the regular. It will not be the norm. Although I have set a goal on Fightful Select. I will do watch-alongs there if we get a substantial number of subscribers. That is the most direct way to support us. But I think for those, that way I'm not on the air as the clock strikes midnight. And I don't know that I, uh, that might be the one time that I, I pass on a, on a live post show is new year's Eve, but we'll see how it goes, but we will be here. We will have some sort of content for you because uh, I mean, we, we've done it every week for three and a half years, but. Thank you guys so much. Fightful.com. Check us out. Thumbs up. The, the best of listening, your boy. This Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Come chat with me. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.